CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live Bible answer program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a question on the Bible or the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. That's 1 888 Ask CSN. Now let's get things started. Here's today's host. Well, hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer as we wind down another week of answering your questions on the Bible, the Christian faith, and current events. I'm Scott Parker. I'm in today for Mike Kessler, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Festus, Missouri. That's near the city of St. Louis, and uh, also I'm the Bible teacher on the A Word for the Church radio program that you can hear here on CSN Every Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Time and Sundays at 6 p.m. Central Time. And so it's uh, a joy for us to share the teachings from our church here with our CSN audience. And if you have a question today, you can give us a call at 8888-ASK-CSN. That's 8888-ASK-CSN, and that translates out to 888-827-5276. We do have lines open, and so if you have a question today, please give us a call, and you can ask your question live on the air. And with me today, here it is Friday, and we have none other than Mr. Brad Dacus with us. He's an attorney, and he's the founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute. And so, Brad, thanks for joining us again today. Oh, thank you, Pastor Scott. It's always a pleasure, and uh, I just look forward to the next time I get out there. Uh, to your neck of the woods. Oh, we're we're looking forward to it too. We can't wait. We we love having you here. Love the information you bring. Um, not only on all the legal issues and things that uh, that you share, but also coming and teaching the Bible. Just a wonderful Bible teacher and preacher, and we sure enjoyed that. And uh, so, uh, Brad, let folks know how they can hear you uh, on the radio and how they can find you on the internet. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so um, they can hear us on our, the Dacus Report. It's a half-hour radio show. It's on the CSN network um, on Saturdays. Uh, and then um, it's also on other networks as well. Uh, it's, it's our show. And then we've got uh, The Legal Edge, which is a commentary on uh, over a 1,000 uh, radio uh, transmitters or you know, radio platforms. Um and then we also have a, a television show called His Channel, on his channel called Brad Dacus Live. And mm-hmm. so he's put a Dacus Live exclamation mark. And that's an hour-long show, Monday through Thursday. Um, and then we also just debuted something called Faith in Law. This is a half-hour show, television show, and it can be heard on a number of networks, uh, including uh, American Faith. Okay. Well, I think we've lost Brad for the moment. Um, his audio went out on us. So we will be back with Brad, hopefully oh, shortly. I'm, oh, I'm back. He's back. I'm Good. Back. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. That's fine. It's great. I'm out of studios. I'm not in my studios. So I'm parked. And, uh, so sorry about that. But anyway, bottom line is we're, uh, because a number of different places uh, they can hear us, and we've got great resources on our website, pji.org, pji.org. Okay, and so if you have a legal question 
today. This would be a great day to call in, as it is every Friday with Brad. Also, if you've got a question about uh, some political issues, there's plenty going on in our world today. Uh, this also would be a great day for you to call in, as well as Bible questions. And uh, so anyway, we want to encourage you. Uh, we do have lines open, so if you want to give us a call at 8888-ASK-CSN, that's 888-827-5276. And we would love to at least attempt to answer your question uh, with the Bible. And so we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines right now. We're going to go to Ricardo. He is in Arizona. And so, Ricardo, thanks for being on the program today. Thank you. Yes, uh, I had a question asked, asked uh, to me, um, and the question was, who was Jesus before he was flesh? And um, my response to him was, he says he was the word, but that wasn't good enough. And I didn't know what to say. I was kind of stu- uh, stumped there. I wonder if you guys could answer that. Well, we sure can. We can uh, give you some scripture here to help you out with that. So, Brad, I'm going to go ahead and give that to you, and then uh, I'll follow up. Yeah, I just, I just the general, the general principle is that uh, you know Jesus, when he was you know on the earth, he uh, he said, you know, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I think just from a, a big picture, and you get into the scripture, Pastor Scott, that. Um, you know, we look at things in our dimension of, 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 uh, the physical dimension of, um, and so it's, it's sort of hard for us to conceive, uh, so, you know, a concept of Trinity, uh, because, uh, you know, God is not bound by, uh, the elements of, of mass, uh, like we are. Um, but we know that Jesus was, um, with the Father, uh, but Jesus also was, uh, distinct. And, um, and, uh, a part of that, the commune of the, of the, the Trinity. And, uh, I, that's, it's, um, it's interesting you try to, to try to conceive it, but I will say it's very difficult for us in our limited dimension to fully conceive metaphysically, um, the Trinity and how, how it happened. We can just understand the relationship of the Trinity to each other pursuant to the scriptures. That's great. And go Brad. ahead, Pastor Scott. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, Ricardo, also what's interesting, um, your answer, uh, to the gentleman was correct in saying that he was the word. Um, and to make it even plainer, that, that scripture you used, of course, saying that Jesus was the word comes from John chapter one, verse one. Uh, and in that same verse, it tells us that the word was God. So when anyone would ask a question like that, just straight up, hey, who was Jesus? Um, I would say he was and he is God. Um, what's interesting is in John chapter 8, uh, Jesus actually uh, said to the Jews of his day, he said, before Abraham was, I am. Not I was or I will be, but I am. And when he used that, those words, I am, he was identifying himself, as Brad said, as being God, as being one with God, uh, the Father, and being the I am that revealed himself to Moses uh, back in the book of Exodus. And so uh, it's really interesting as we look at the scriptures. We have a lot of scriptures we could go to, uh, but I would give you there again. Uh, that's John chapter eight, verse eight, uh, verse fifty-eight, and then also uh, you have, of course, John chapter one, 
that you alluded to where it says, and the word was with God, the word was God. But then if you come down to verse 14, it tells us who the word is. Um, and that might be something, uh, Ricardo, you might want to go back to your friend and show him is open to John chapter one and, and show him that the word that is mentioned in verse one is then explained to us by John in verse 14 when it says, and the word became flesh. Okay. So God, who was the word, God becoming flesh is Jesus Christ. And as you read that verse and the few verses after it, you'll see that John plainly names Jesus as that word that was made flesh, which according to verse one was God. Uh, so it's, it's all right there. Anyone who uh, doesn't want to look at all of John chapter one and admit that Jesus is God. They're not really wanting an answer. <laughs> They're just wanting either to argue or to try to, uh, find a way not to be accountable to him. Uh, another scripture I'd give you real quick would be Colossians chapter one. Um, in Colossians chapter one, yes. it clearly says in verse 15 that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And then it talks about how he created everything, which is right in line with John chapter one. And so anyway, those would be some scriptures uh, that we would commend to you there. Ricardo, does that help you out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So whenever he says let's make him make them in our image, um, that's how it all came about. You know, it's like, OK, so what is the image? And I'm like, well, you know, as far as I know, it was. Uh, like humans, you know, you know, that's the only image I could think of other than, or was he talking about in a, in a spiritual way, you know, not humanly, uh, flesh way, you know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah. Do, do you mean, are, are you saying Jesus being the image of God? Is that what you're referring to? So, uh, when it, in the beginning, he says, let us make them in, in our image. <clears throat> yes, God speaking, I guess, right. I guess the question is, is what image is that? Well, th when God makes man in his image, what he's saying there is he is going, he, he's, he created us. So, for instance, um, when, when, when God says that, he's not saying that mankind is God or equal to God. Um, when you look at God and his makeup, um, you'll see that God is a trinity. The Bible clearly, from the very first book of the Bible all the way to the last book, you see uh, that God is three in one. He's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, um, but one God. And God made us in his image in one way in the sense that um, we are also a triune being. Man is made up of a body, which we all see on the outside, but we also have a soul, which is our mind, our will, our intellect, our emotion, and that we have a spirit. Uh, we have a, that, that part of us, um, the spirit and the soul live forever. Uh, they're eternal in the sense that once God created us, we will always exist somewhere. By the way, is another way that God made us in his image. Now, God is a, God is eternal in the sense that he was not created uh, and he did not have a beginning. We were created. We do have a beginning. 
But like the Lord, he made us in his image in the sense that we have no end, in the sense that once we're created, we will always exist somewhere for eternity. Um, but the fact that we have a spirit, um, that is something that sets us apart uh, from all of the rest of the uh, of the um, the animal kingdom. OK, not I'm not saying that man are animals. I'm not saying that I'm not saying we're part of the animal kingdom. We're not. We're of a higher order, of course. Um, but what I'm saying is when it comes to, you know, all other creatures, let's say it that way, right, on the earth, we are the only ones who were made in God's image in the sense that we have a spirit. And because we have a spirit, a spiritual part of us, we are able to commune and to talk to God, relate to God, uh, speak to him. He can speak to us. Um, no other creature has that ability. And so when it comes to how we're made in the image of God, um, I would say, again, we're made as triune be beings. We're, we're also, you know, body, soul, and spirit as God is Father, Son, and Spirit. Um, and I would also say uh, that he made us in our image, in, this, in his image, in the sense that once he created us, we now will live forever. Um, but the biggest part I think is important here is to understand uh, that we um, are able to do something that no other creature can do. And that is in our spirit, we are able to have a relationship with God. We're able to to uh to talk to him, communicate with him, and he with us. And he and he actually live inside of our spirits that are in our bodies. And uh so Brad, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think he handled her well, but also I would also say um one way of making that distinction because so so God has made these these animals and things, and then He says, "I'm going to make man in My image." Like, okay, so there's a distinctive between, as you said, you know, between man and and animals. Um, and one of real important distinctive I see is um, is individual uh, self will. So animals mm -hmm. are programmed pretty much on what they do, how they do it. They fall within the laws of nature. That is where they're at. But He gave man the ability of of choice of individual. Um, ability to accept or reject, to obey, to disobey. Um, you know, God took a, a real gamble with us in that we, you know, he could have just made us all zombies and just automatically robo worshipers, you know, you know, but that's not what he did. He gave us that individual, uh, independent free choice, uh, to be able to accept or to reject him. And, uh, and people say, why do you just make us all just be zombies? Because God, um, like, like man, like we're in his image, uh, we like relationships and we, and, um, and, and God does, uh, wants that communal that comes, that commune that comes with individuals and who, uh, who choose to receive him and become children of God. And that's why, um, it's so important that we take it very seriously. Uh, people who one way or the other, they're making that choice, uh, to receive him or reject him. And he will respect that choice. Uh, even to our, our own d demise, because he has created us at, in, in his image with regards to that, that, that self will and, and, uh, freedom to accept or reject that relationship. Yes, that is great. That is great, uh, Brad. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, also Ricardo too, an another way that God's made us in his image in the fact that when he created man, um, he gave him dominion over all the creation, especially the earth. Uh, he gave us dominion and rule over it. Uh, something. So, so going along with what Brad's yes. saying, man has rule over the animal kingdom. 
Um, and so uh, that's another way he's made us in his image. But understand, because I know I know there are some um, and they even call themselves Christian ministers and preachers who like to take some of those concepts and make more of them than what they are and start to say that as men, you know, we are little gods and all this. And that is not biblical. That is heresy. And that's not what we're saying. So anyway, Ricardo, does that help? Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you guys oh, very well, much for what you do. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for listening and thanks for calling in. God bless you. And if you would hang on the line, the folks there at CSN, I'm sure have some uh, DVDs and books they would like to offer to you. And so uh, if you would uh, just hang on the line there and thanks for giving us a call. Again, if you'd like to be on the air today, that number to call is 888-827-5276. And let's go to Angela from Boise, Idaho. Angela, welcome to the program. Hi, guys. How are you? We're blessed. How are you? Doing Great. good. Hey, I have been waiting for Brad to be on again so I could call and ask a legal question. Well, you got um, it. It's regarding, it's regarding the bill in California, I believe it's a bill, um, to kill babies up to 28 days after birth. And I know murder is still right. a crime. It's still against the law in every state in our country, even in California. So I'm wondering how in the world anybody could propose a bill like that when for a newborn baby who's obviously now a person, according to the left, they're not a person until they're born. Well, now they're a person. How could they even get anything passed in that regard when it's obviously murder? Brad? Uh, you are you are correct. It is murder. Uh, states define homicide and uh, how they recognize homicide. For example, some states uh, have uh, as a law that if uh, an individual uh, deliberately hits a woman in the stomach when she's with child and and therefore uh, her child is 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 killed and you know is born stillborn, uh, that they can be prosecuted for murder. Some states say it's after seven months of gestation other states say no it's it's at three months or so it's um so states have exercised in the past that ability to decide personhood and for purposes of homicide law uh without question it is exactly that it is uh homicide uh you know individuals that in the past have been uh prosecuted criminally for murder uh for uh killing babies because of a botched abortion. Uh, we've, we've seen that. Um, there's even a film about one such abortionist uh, that, uh, that did this on a massive scale. Uh, this law effectively says, no, um, all those murders would go free if they were in California under this law. Uh, it's, it is tyrannical. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, as far as the, it, the challenge, I think it's something that's going to need to be challenged legislatively uh, because it's, we're dealing with the state statute. Um, is there a possible avenue where you could have a federal law addressing the issue specifically? Uh, yes, but to do to have that happen, we're going to have to. Okay, so Angela, did did you get enough there to to help you out with that question? I mean, I I understand everything Brad says. So I just I'm still oh. I'm still baffled as to how. You can how California can make a law that, um, you know, is 
basically it's it's adverse to current law. So it's basically like they're just saying these laws don't apply anymore. Murder is not a thing anymore. And they're just well, making new law. Like, I don't the, understand how something like that can yeah. pass. No, I, I agree. Well, the laws of murder are, are just that law. So a subsequent law that's passed that says, well, this is not murder after 28 days. Um, yeah, they, they can do that. It's, it's tyrannical. It's infanticide. It was uh, seen as unthinkable, as bizarre science fiction in the past. Uh, but it is reality in the state of California. And that's one reason why I got earthquake insurance last fall, uh, because we are shaking our fist at God. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it needs to be, but it can be addressed on a federal level with uh, federal legislation after uh, we have a new Senate and, uh, and, a, and a different uh, person occupying the Oval Office. Wow. So, Angela, um, you know, Brad, when you when we talk about all this, it it just shows us, doesn't it? It just shows us the the state um, of where men's hearts are at now, right here in our own nation, uh, those governing. Um, and you know what? Many times, you know, those those governing um, are folks who are elected and in a in a, in a uh, you know, a society like ours. Many times our leaders are just a reflection, uh, of, of the majority of people. Um, and it's sad. It is, it's terribly sad, Angela. I mean, I, I can, I, I can hear in your voice, um, the, just the absolute, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How <laughs> this is just so ridiculous that we would even, uh, consider something like this, you know, and would allow something like this in our nation. Um, but it, it is happening. It is happening. And, and Brad, what's, what would be, the, what would be for us as Christians? Uh, what can we do? Um, when states are, are, uh, putting forth legislation like this and making laws like this as believers in Jesus, what can we do? Yeah. Well, first, uh, of course, prayer is the first thing that comes to my mind always. Um, Prayer is powerful. I believe that's why Roe versus Wade was overturned, was because of the power of prayer and the steadfastness, steadfastness of prayer. Uh, but also uh, getting involved in supporting people running for office, not just at a federal level and for president, but also at a state level, uh, even at the school board level. You're impacting children and their worldview. Uh, the worldview many kids are getting in public schools is horrific and would applaud this kind of thing. Uh, so uh, that's also something that people can do and then uh, to, to get involved and also to stay alert, to stay aware of what's, what's happening. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, God, uh, you know, we're exhorted to, uh, to, to be watchful in all things. Uh, or actually, maybe it's, it's a ch- actually chapter 4, but or, yeah, to be watchful in all things. Um, you know, to do the work of evangelists, to fulfill your ministry. Um, these are, you know, so it's, it's not to be complacent. Uh, it's to be prayerful. It's to be watchful. It's to to use the vote and opportunity we've give, been given to make an influence and an impact uh, in terms of elections. Uh, so I get you. I would have your church uh, ask your church to to do voter registration Sunday, a Civic Stewardship Sunday, and that's something that we at PJI can help them with. We have a full time pastor liaison that works with churches to do that to make sure that the church and the Christian voice is heard. And, and Brad, when it comes to churches doing that, when when should they do that? Like time time wise and time frame. 
Uh, I think sooner is better than later, but generally speaking, um, you know, they can wait until, you know, you know, two months before the election. But actually, I think it's more effective uh, to be done well before the election. Mm-hmm. It's seen as less political and more just being a good citizen. And so it's it's actually easier, I think, for churches or palatable for them to not wait until a month or two months before the election, uh, but to do it well in advance. Uh, you can do it on a you know Memorial Day, the Sunday close to Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Fourth of July. Uh, those are all you know, uh, if you will, um, events that that can be easy times to do it near. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think they could do it any Sunday, and we at Pacific Justice would be more than happy to help them through the details. It's not hard to do, um, and we have a whole division, our church. In, uh, engagement office in Palmdale that that's what they do is work with churches to make sure their voice is heard. Okay. Well, Angela, we, uh, we hope that helps you out and, um, we ride along with you, um, you know, feel the same way you do, uh, about this. And it's just, yes. uh, it's preposterous. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't know, Brad, I mean, if, if we actually could, could have imagined would we ever have believed in time past we'd ever see a day like this in America where we would pass laws uh, to kill babies after they're born? I just couldn't believe yeah. it, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, there's a, a movie out, it's called, in a book called uh, The Giver. And it's, uh, it's about a, this new society, you know, and, uh, you know, post, you know, world destruction and they created this new society. And one scene in this film um, has a, a doctor and a baby was just born and he looks at the dog, the baby, and he's just saying real methodic, you know, just, he goes, well, let's see here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're sorry. Uh, sorry, little guy, but you just uh, don't meet up to our standards. So I'm just going to have to clip here your, your, uh, your uh, cord separating your, your brain and uh, terminate you. And just, just real matter of fact. Uh, and the, and, you know, the movie goes on in the end um, this kind of a spell, if you will, that's over all this new society is broken and then people are able to see the truth and the doctor is about to kill another baby and goes, and just goes, what am I doing? And that's really what we need through the work of the Holy Spirit. And only, you know, God can do this is to take the blinders off our eyes uh, as we turn to him and can see the truth um, and not be deceived. Yeah, and the name of that film was what again? Oh, it's called The Giver. It's called The, the Giver. Giver. It's not a Christian movie, but it has some really, really good themes of, of what okay. society is when we, we turn away from, from the truth. All right. Well, we're coming up on a break. Angela, thanks for the call. We'll be right back with more to Everman and Answer. Thank you for listening to CSN Radio, where God's word is heard. Did you know your financial support is a primary reason we can broadcast over 400 stations nationwide? It's true. We are grateful for your partnership. As you know, our nation is battling over religious and civil freedoms. Here at CSN Radio, our listeners can trust us to be a solid biblical teaching foundation and share a Christian perspective on current times. The importance of reaching the masses is greater than ever. We need your support in this uncertain time of chaos and strife. 
We are excited to share that we plan to add more stations in 2023 and 2024. This means we will reach more of the lost, broken, and deceived. Mark 16 verse 15 quotes Jesus. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We need your support in funding the building of these new stations. You can go to csnradio.com slash donate or call 1-800-357-4226. That's csnradio.com slash donate or call us at 1-800-357-4226. CSN, the Christian Satellite Network, is broadcast on hundreds of stations nationwide, including over 60 in California alone. You can listen in great cities like Bakersfield. Sacramento, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, Yucca Valley, and many more stations throughout California and the nation. The full station list is available through csnradio.com. You're listening to CSN International, where God's Word is heard. Well, welcome back to the second half of To Every Man and Answer here on this Friday. I'm Scott Parker in for Mike Kessler today, and with me is attorney Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. And we are here to answer your questions on the Bible, the Christian faith, current events, or if you have a legal question, uh, we are here to answer that for you today. That number to call is 888-827-5276. And let's go ahead and go back to the phones. And we have Richard from Wyoming on the line. Richard, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm calling in regards to, actually, I got to speak to Brad on this subject. I was hoping to uh, get in yesterday and get an opinion from uh, from Jeff Wickwire and his guest. Um, I'm calling in regards, again, to the uh, biblical uh, side of, of, of a business that I'm I'm looking at going into uh investing in that has a uh an alcohol license and sells tobacco and if that would be god honoring or if if i should uh, steer clear of that that venue okay richard that is a great question and so brad what are your thoughts on this yeah it's an interesting question because we want to glorify god in all that we do all that we say um, and, uh, you know, so we looking at it. So first off, I would say you want to pray about it and, and you want to follow the conscience and conviction God's given you, you know, if you do something that you, uh, in your heart is telling you is wrong is a sin, um, then it's a sin. Uh, it's, it's that, it's that simple. Uh, it's interesting though, is, is, is there's a, some latitude. So, uh, you know, in the context of that, we're talking about, you know, do, do you eat, you know, meat sacrificed or not? And, and God wants us to, to, uh, to not base on our decisions based on what the person to our left or right, uh, says is okay or not okay. But, but what is in our conscience and in our heart? Um, I will say that the, the fact that you're still, um, deliberating and trouble with this, you know, that may, that may be a, a sign that there's, that this is something that just uh, deep down you just 
uh, you know, feel like would, would violate your heart and your conviction. That said, um, you know, if that place was going to be, uh, to be there anyway, and there was only one place like this, there's another place in town, but let's say this was a, an opportunity for, for outreach where you limited abuse of the alcohol, you limited abuse of the, what was sold and the, the products and used as an opportunity to connect with the lost. You know, um, you know, there's a story of Guinness beer and that's where a story, interesting story and where a, um, a, a minister or a priest saw people were drinking hard booze and just totally just destroying themselves. So he invented Guinness beer, which is a real low percentage of alcohol, very filling. People would drink it and they would not get drunk um, because they would have to drink too much. Um, and he was able to greatly reduce uh, alcohol abuse uh, in the uh, community and the community where, where he was there. Um, but, you know, so I, I think that the general rule that we need to, you need to look and say, ask the question, is doing this going to further God's kingdom? Um, or at the end of the day, is it actually going to be compromising God's kingdom or even can be productive? Uh, money should never be the end drive. The question should be, is this going to glorify the Lord and his kingdom? And is there maybe another thing you could use that building with? Uh, maybe a restaurant that's, um, you know, or something else that is, uh, you know, could, could be self-supporting, could, could, could uh, provide the income, but at the same time, uh, something that is more wholesome and, and not as uh, compromising if, especially once again, if this is something that's, uh, particularly, uh, you know, uh, hurting you and, and uh, something you're, you're disturbed about. You don't want to do anything if you, uh, have, have serious doubts as to whether, or not uh, the Lord is pleased with it or not. Um, but this is sort of a broad concept of, you know, I don't, I've never been to where you are in Wyoming and, and seen all the elements. Uh, and we talked about it before, but the fact you're still having this, this struggle, um, that may be a sign that this may not be the best, the, the right decision for you. Yeah. Well, I thought that up. was great advice, Brad. Go ahead, Richard. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah sorry. I listened to, um, a pastor teaching about causing people to stumble in scripture and that kind of I, I was I was close to pulling the trigger on this because it is a cafe and it's just a general type of merchandise but um that kind of <clears throat> kind of brought up a uh, a concern that I wouldn't want to be if I was causing folks to stumble um that would not would, would that be not honoring God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so Richard, let me ask you this. Um, just because the business has a liquor license and such, does that mean that you have to sell it? No. So, you know, if, if you could buy the business and you don't, you know, if, if, if this is bothering your conscience, and something you don't feel you can do in glorifying God. Maybe there's other things you could sell uh, and, and still make a profit, possibly. Um, but I would say, uh, I, I, again, I love the advice. I thought Brad gave you great advice there. Um, I was going to say, you know, I would read passages like Romans 14 and and, and then put it to prayer. And uh, but the one thing, you know, you don't want to do um, because it's it's very difficult to come back from a wounded conscience. You know, when you when you do something uh, over and over uh, against uh, your own conscience and your own convictions, 
um, many times, um, you know, it can, it can be very harmful to you spiritually and uh, lead you down a road that, uh, it's hard to come back from. But, uh, also I think about, uh, you know, first Corinthians 10 31, uh, where Paul in dealing, that's another chapter you might want to read, but where Paul says, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And, uh, I think that's what, I think in the end, that's the question we have to answer is, can I do this? Can I take part in this? You know, um, and still be glorifying to God, um, and, and honor Him in that. And so, uh, and you know, Richard, these things, um, you know, very, very often they're very difficult for us, uh, because we kind of see both sides to something. Um, and you know, we want to do something, but then, uh, I like the, again, what Brad said, he's like, you know, um, if you're calling in, you're asking it, it may be something where your conscience is pricking you and, uh, where maybe the Holy Spirit is, is, uh, is convicting you about this. But, uh, I would say if you could buy the business and not have to honor the liquor license and, and be able to sell other product and, um, that, uh, wouldn't, um, you know, be, uh, addict, addicting in the, in the sense of alcohol and, and tobacco and all of that. Um, you know, you might want to go that route, but again, without knowing all the other details, but it's about as good as we could do. So, but anyway, Richard, does that help you at all? Yes, sir. It does. And I appreciate it. Like I said, I just, I was ready to make a decision. I would actually visited with, with Brad uh, a while back on this and uh, I was going to get a, I've been trying to get in to get a, just a second opinion uh, because mm-hmm. it surfaced that I would, uh, could, I could be causing people to stumble, and and that kind of raised a red flag. So I thought, well, I better, I better continue to pray and and to seek discernment on it. And uh, that's that's why I actually called in yesterday, but I couldn't get in. So gotcha, they let gotcha. me in today. Well, Richard, you know what? I, I remember reading about you know Charles Spurgeon, that great British preacher from the 1800s, um, where you know he used to smoke cigars. And uh, he used to say when he was smoking a cigar, you know, I smoked this cigar to the glory of God, you know, and uh, people, some people would judge him for it. And other people would say he was doing nothing wrong. Uh, but then I read where one day um, he was walking down the street and he happened to see an advertisement in a store that was selling the cigars, the brand of cigars that he smoked. And on the ad, it said the brand that Spurgeon smokes. And the story that I read about it said that when he saw that, it convicted his heart uh, because it showed how much of an influence he actually had in people's lives. And that uh, from that day on, he had quit uh, smoking that so or smoking cigars. So, uh, you know, very interesting, you know, but again, I think it, it really all comes down to can I do this, take part in this? And, and give God glory. And uh, I think if the answer is no on it, then I think we should uh, do something else. So anyway, Richard, thanks for the call. And uh, we appreciate uh, your honesty. And I tell you what, Richard, before we go, hey, Brad, would you mind praying for Richard? Uh, just that the Lord would just give him, you know, just clear direction on what he should do here and, uh, and maybe direction yes. on what he should do for another business or something. Yeah, you bet. You bet, Father. Uh, we uh, thank you, Lord God, that we can come before you right now uh, through uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who uh, allows us to do so because of his, uh, what he did on the cross uh, to reconcile us before you. So first, thank you, Lord God, that you are here with us right now hearing this prayer. And Father, we right now lift up to you, Richard, specifically, Father, for your Holy Spirit, Father, to convict him, 
to guide him, to direct him, Lord God, uh, as to what you want him to do, not to the person to the left or to the right, but what you, you want him to do. Mm-hmm. And Father, uh, if there's something better, maybe there's something that's, that uh, you want him to do, that this is uh, totally different. Just open his mind and his heart and his eyes to uh, what you want him to do and uh, and how you want him to, to go and proceed. Uh, God, you're a creative God. Uh, you're so uh, incredible with what you uh, have for us. Uh, Lord God, I pray that you will not al- allow him to limit you as to what you might want him to do moving forward and to be open and uh, seeking your direction uh, this entire time. And uh, we give you all the praise and glory for what uh, you're going to lead him to do. In yes. Jesus' name, amen. 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 And Richard, thank you, thank you so much again for the call. And uh, we uh, will continue to pray for you that the Lord just leads you in the right direction. Let's go ahead and go to Jennifer from right here in Festus, Missouri. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Oh, hi, guys. Anyway, I enjoy Hello. you guys. Uh, well, I had a question to really ask was about being a passive Christian. But when that lady called about the abortion, you know, we had somebody... Um, Brad, do you remember when you came to St. Louis and you were at Pastor Scott's uh, church? I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but you mentioned about Jan. Yes. Remember Jan? Okay. Well, have you ever seen one of the ladies that she's interviewed on TV or, you know, that when she was born, uh, actually, the state senator at that time um, made the hospital put, if the mother didn't want the baby back then, that they would put the baby in a red bag so that would make it be that, you know, uh, biohazardous. Well, this lady survived this, and you wouldn't believe who the senator was at the time because it all came out on TV and <laughs> as one of our former presidents. But, um, you know, it's just really sad how the, how the left is really taking over these young kids, especially, um, I can tell you right now, I, when I hear something about one of our school districts, I'm on the phone call Mike Parsons. I, he knows me personally. He hates me, but that's okay. He'll get over it one of the ways. <laughs> but it's like, you know, um, one of our things that they were going to do is put two little boxes in the school. Well, that got cut down, but one of the other school districts are doing it. And it's like, well, my kids don't go there, but if my grandkids did, I'd probably be raising pain about it. But, um, you know, but my question is, you know, it's very sad about that. But, you know, there's passive Christians out there that go along with all this junk that's going along in the world. And so, well, I'm not the one to judge. I just, you know, I have my own life. I'm not the one to judge. And really, aren't you going to have to answer to God for that? Uh, You're right. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh, We are going to be answered to God. And, in fact... Um, you know, the, the, you know, the church, you know, in revelations, uh, you know, is, uh, one of the, 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 you know, the churches, if you will, uh, was, uh, they had the church of, of, uh, comfortable complacency, uh, lukewarmness. And, um, and, uh, and that's what I see so much in America today is mega complacency, lukewarmness. It's manifests itself, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, lack of evangelism, uh, unwillingness to, to just risk being uncomfortable and sharing our faith uh, with uh, those around us and sharing the hope that's within us. But it also manifests itself in our failure to speak up, uh, for those who cannot speak up for themselves, 
uh, like the pre-born against abortion and uh, and challenging the public schools with all the the spiritual genocide that's taking place and uh, and not incur you know attending the school board meetings and et cetera. So um, you're you're absolutely right, and and God holds us accountable to that which He has given us. And in America, we have received tremendous freedom, and with that freedom comes responsibility. Uh, not just in terms of citizenship, but also spiritual responsibility. Uh, so I agree with you 100%. And uh, let's just hope and pray for revival uh, mm-hmm. for our nation. And uh, God has uh, interesting uh, ways of, of helping to accomplish that. And uh, I'm just excited to see what, what he's going to do to facilitate that. It's not always comfortable uh, with, how, <laughs> with how he works. Uh, but um, that's not what we're about. It's about getting getting right with God and getting serious in our faith. And uh, and having the church have its voice heard. Okay, well, Jennifer, thanks for the call. And um, you know, we just uh, all really need uh, to get closer to the Lord and and you know allow His Word uh, to rule our hearts and our minds, the way we think. You know, we we really, you know, Brad, it, it is so important, isn't it, that we as believers have a Christian worldview. Um, you know, one of the polls I read lately, uh, on this was that such a low percentage of pastors have a biblical worldview. Um, and you know, when it comes to worldview, that's, that's how we see the world. This is how we make our decisions. This is how we live our life is based on the glasses that we use to look at the world and interpret things through. And for us as believers, you know, the, the word of God, the Bible is supposed to be, um, our rule of thumb. It is literally supposed to be the final authority for what we believe and practice, uh, as Christians. And, uh, when we move away from the word of God, uh, then what happens is we become complacent. We compromise. We, we no longer have a compass, um, to teach us and to show us what is right and wrong. Um, because when we won't listen to God's word, uh, then what happens is the Holy Spirit, you know, I, I love where Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would remind us and would teach us everything that Jesus has taught us. And, you know, when we move away from the word of God, uh, I believe, I really do believe this. I believe we limit the Holy Spirit and what he's able to do inside of us um, when we don't truly believe his word and follow it and have a heart to do that. And I think it's really sad um, that you, you look anymore and you see uh, the larger portion of, of you know, so-called evangelical pastors in America don't hold to a biblical worldview. And if that's the case, well, then guess what? That means that those in the pews are going to eventually not have a biblical worldview either. And so um, it's a big responsibility, and I, I believe uh, that it really starts – I mean, it starts with all of us as believers and our relationship to God. But, uh, boy, I tell you what, it really starts at the pulpit, and uh, that's that's right. really that's really a, a big ordeal, isn't it, uh, Brad? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, we have historic – in historic proportions, uh, we see churches uh, – deviating from the from the word uh rejecting the word teaching contrary to the word and it's prophesied in second timothy chapter three where it says you know that they're, they're gonna people are gonna want to turn to the uh to to false teachers and we're gonna you know tell them what their itching ear wants them to hear mm-hmm. and yet um and yet it's 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 uh it's it's widespread it's prevalent 
and yet I want to encourage people to note that he, uh, God is still going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Um, he is moving and the God's mo- his spirit's moving incredibly at also historical proportions with, with evangelism and people coming to Christ throughout the world uh, in historic proportions as well. We are in a time of intense spiritual warfare and um, and it's exciting. To, it's actually an exciting time so long as we're committed to being on the right side and following the Lord wherever he may take us, uh, whatever, the, whatever the cost or whatever the price. Um, and uh, I think that's that's what God wants us to have. I know once I talked to a group of pastors and um, I told them, I said, what do you think the worst is that can happen to us? And one of them says, well, I think we can you know, be put behind bars. I said, no, 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 no. Executed, killed. And I said, that's the worst they can do to us. I said, you know, we all have to die. Do you want to die in a hospital? Or you want to die for Jesus? So this is a no-lose situation, folks. Uh, we just need to be resolved that we're going to live for the Lord and revere. Okay. we looks like Brad cut out on us. But Jennifer, thank you so much for the call. And um, we hope that helps out. But I know you got time. People are calling. But, you know, pastors... Out here, I talk to people that go to Pentecostal churches, go to Baptist churches, go here, go there. And it's a variety of people I live around. But Pastor Scott, they go up and say, well, do you think we're living in Revelation? They said, we don't want to talk about that. We're going to talk about something else. Yeah, well, that's that's part of the issue uh, that we have in America, you know, as goes the church, so goes the nation. And, um, you know, again, I believe that uh, all of this. Uh, at least a lot of it starts in the pulpit. You know, we've got to we've got to be faithful ministers of the Word of God. We got to be like Paul, who told the Ephesian elders, "I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God." And so we need to we need to we need to preach and teach to equip the saints and to please the Lord. And when we don't do those two things, uh, then we're just left to ourselves uh, when it comes to deciding what to preach and teach and. Um, you know, that's, that's where we get in trouble. So anyway, Jennifer, thanks so much for the call. We're gonna go ahead and go to the, uh, phone lines again with Louis. Uh, let's see. Um, is it Louis? Louise. Louise. Yes, Louise. How are you? Pretty good. Good. How can we help you today? Well, pastors, before I ask my question, I just want to make something very clear that I did not expect. And I'm not asking you to judge anyone or to condemn anyone, but I really want to know how you view this issue. Um, I've been listening to Pastor John MacArthur for the last uh, couple of years. His teachings uh, just have blessed my life, my family so much, um, and I respect him very much. But uh, just recently, I read uh, on the news a report from I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Royce report. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was about uh, Pastor John MacArthur preaching, the fact that he preaches so much against the prosperity gospel, which I 100% agree with. But then I saw his possessions, his material possessions. I had no idea uh, that he was worth so much. So um, I just wanted your view because really it's like very disturbing news to me to read this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't change my faith whatsoever because my faith mm-hmm. is based on what the Bible says. 
But, um, you know, when is it okay for people who receive, you know, money that it's supposed to go to the kingdom? And if it is true, what's on the report? If it's true, which it seems to be that it's well documented. I just can't reconcile that. And... Yeah. Brad, what, what, do, what do you uh, advise our brother here? Yes, uh, a couple of points. Well, first off, uh, pastors are not commanded to be, to be poor. Um, they're, in fact, they're, you know, there's a, we're commanded to give them double honor. And that's not in the context of, you know, saying, oh, how much we appreciate you, pastor. Um, you know, that's in the context of respecting them and uh and providing for them uh second is the fact that just because some, someone's in a ministry or a pastor and they've um uh, accumulated you know wealth um doesn't mean they've they flocked to their congregate you know congregation they fleeced their, their flock if you will uh that doesn't mean that at all there's you can be an, an minister and uh, on the side uh, have a business or an investment or or know how to do real estate and um and so, so I, I would, I would qualify that. Okay, um, uh, Louise, let, let me. If Brad comes back on here, I'll go ahead and let him finish. Um, okay. So it's not necessarily the case. Okay. So. Uh, Louise, here's here's what I would share with you. Um, you know, Peter in First Peter chapter five, when he was addressing the elders uh, there, he actually told them. He said to shepherd the flock that is among you. In other words, he told Peter, or I'm sorry, Peter told the elders and those who had oversight of the church um, to live among the people. And uh, you know, the the pattern for that uh, in in you know, uh, real time in life here that I'm in, uh, was Pastor Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And, uh, you know, Pastor Chuck, uh, was a great example of a man, um, who, uh, had oversight over a lot of resources, over a lot of money, uh, both in the church and personally. Um, he had shared before that he had done well in real estate and had made money. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he got to a point in his ministry where he didn't take a salary from the church anymore because he had plenty uh, himself, and he used it to glorify God. And uh, just as Brad was saying there, I think we have to be careful when it comes to judging one another in these things. And uh, we are up. We're I hear the music. So, Louise, um, if you'd like to call back on Monday, uh, I'll be back with Pastor Mike on Monday. Maybe we can talk about this more. But anyhow, Brad, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And thank you all for uh, 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 tuning in to Every Man and Answer. We'll be back with you on Monday. So Joseph, Tom, Pat, uh, you can call back. God bless you. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. 
to Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 